and welcome to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, nutritionist who is on a mission to cut through the nutrition confusion and help you become the healthiest version of you. In this podcast, you'll find expert advice on all things binge and emotional eating, sustainable fat loss, sports nutrition, and all things in between. I hope you leave each episode inspired and empowered to make smarter eating choices. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome back to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I am so grateful you are here for another week. Uh, In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Mediterranean diet and the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. What is the Mediterranean diet? And if achieving your goals is actually worth it for you. So to get started, we will start with my nutrition recommendation for this week. So it is the Bird's Eye Ocean Selections fish packs. So they come in the frozen section and it's fish fillets all like they're wrapped in plastic. I know plastic's terrible for the environment. I know, I know, but it's my recommendation. Okay. Don't, don't come at me. So you can get all different ones with barramundi or the other ones are called fish fillets, or I think there's also tuna ones as well. And they all come flavored and they're just such a convenient way Um, to get your protein in and they're so easy to cook and they're very low calorie as well as being high in protein. So I have been having a few of them lately. So I've just got them up at the moment. So I want to um, go through the nutrition panel on them just to let you know. So in a serving of this fish fillet, we have 23 grams of protein, which is great for only like 120-ish calories. I just calculated that off the top of my head from going from kilojoules to calories. I actually want to see how good my math was and whether I got it right. So it was 491 kilojoules divided by 4.2 gives us our calories. 116. What did I say? I've already forgotten what I said. Okay, I just went back and listened. Man, I was four calories off. How good is that maths? I am shithouse at maths. I'm actually very impressed with myself that I calculated that off the top of my head. Wow, I should get a new career in mathematics. Just joking. I failed that unit in university when I did my IT degree, but it was like ridiculously cooked mathematics and whatever. I can't even say the word. I'm saying mathematics. <laughs> anyway. Back to my point, um, that is my recommendation in the frozen section where you can get your fish. And then what I would do is I would either get the quick cup rice packs or I would chop up some potato, white potato or sweet potato and put that in the air fryer. That would be my carbohydrate sauce. I would pair with the fish and then I would stir fry up some greens or have some salad or some sort of veg with it as, um, you know, making up half the plate of veg. So that is a really good healthy dinner that you can have this week. Um, a pack comes with four and they are about $7 each, which ain't too bad. Now this past couple of weeks are absolutely cooked for me. I've got that much on and I've been really mindful of the days that I know I'm going to be home to eat to track my calories and try and stay within my calories um, for those days. So I've just had so much on in the weeks and then the weekends, like dining out and it's things I can't really get out of. For example, tomorrow I pick up my friend from Japan. Her name's Hitomi and she's coming from Japan over and she's living with us from Tuesday to Thursday. Oh no, sorry, to Friday. Um... 
and you'll be listening to this on a Thursday. Right now it's Monday, so I'm picking her up tomorrow night. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be spending the rest of the week with her. So trying to juggle work commitments around seeing her and the things that we've got planned for her have been really challenging, but I've pretty much worked most of it out or pushed appointments back a week and whatnot just to make do and make sure I can spend as much time with her and make it help her see as much of Melbourne and Torquay that I live in um, and enjoy that. But with that becomes dining out literally every single meal. I think breakfast, I think we're going to have a breakfast one of the nights or maybe two, like one of the nights, two of the mornings. Um, but we'll be going out for dinner every single night. Lunches will most likely be going out for, we won't really be eating at home. So it is a lot. So wherever I could over the past two weeks, I've been really mindful of how much I'm consuming because I have noticed previously my eating has been a little bit more laxed. So if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen that I said I had my muscle chef meal. So I have been having them the past few days just so that I can make sure I'm really just staying on top of my calories and keeping within my calorie intake and also being able to eat well without having to put too much pressure or stress on myself. By tracking my calories, I've also stayed on top of my snacking. So I find I have been a little bit more laxed in the snacking department and I need to tighten up on that and be a little bit more disciplined with it. So by tracking, I find I've been a bit more better at it. Yeah, just tightening up on those calories, especially with like this week coming up, it's going to be cooked like so much food and I am not complaining at all. But yeah, I think to take her name's Tommy, to take her around the surf coast so in Torquay we'll take her out for brekkie then to all the discount shops and the surf shops in Torquay uh and then on Thursday we'll definitely take her down the Great Ocean Road and if the weather permits we'll go for a hike in lawn which would be nice then Friday we're taking her out for dinner in the city and taking her to a footy game so that will be really interesting um we go for Carlton here so take her to the Carlton I think it's Carlton Brisbane that's playing so we'll take her to see a footy game which I hope she will love I think it'll freak her out when she knows how aggressive people get when they watch the footy (laughs) but um yeah it'll be really good so yeah with that comes a lot of meals out so where I can I am trying to be a bit more better and I find by having my meals ready made it's just making that that process that little bit easier for me and I really think it is important when you know that you're going to be struggling with things on certain weeks or you know it's going to be a big week leading up and you are busy as well and you want to sort of eat well with your nutrition to do what you can to make your life easier so that you can um yeah live your your healthiest life so for me the pre-made meals are going to be helpful um in the week leading up to her coming All right, so if you haven't heard of the Mediterranean diet, I'm going to go through it now. But the Mediterranean diet is probably the most well-researched diet there is. Um, And the reason why is because it is just such a good diet to follow and it's really good for your health and it's just so well-studied and pretty much every aspect of your health, the Mediterranean diet will help improve it. So what is it? The Mediterranean diet is a way of eating that is based on the traditional dietary patterns of countries bordering the Mediterranean Sea. Um, It emphasizes the consumption of plant-based foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, as well as healthy fats from olive oil and fish. So in addition, the Mediterranean diet includes moderate amounts of dairy product, Um, poultry, eggs, and limited intake of red meat. And it emphasizes the use of herbs and spices 
instead of salt for flavoring. It also um, has wine in moderation to water and exercise as part of the Mediterranean diet. But yeah, it's associated with numerous health benefits um, and including you know, lowering your risk of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, mental health. It is rich in antioxidants, vitamins, minerals and shown to promote weight loss and improve your overall health as well. It's not a set like strict of rules or anything, but it's just rather a more flexible approach to eating that can be adapted to suit individual tastes and preferences. And it's pretty much the diet that I recommend to my clients without saying it's a diet because it is just a healthy way of living rather than a diet. So focusing on, you know, the plant-based foods as, you know, making up the main part of your meal, then focusing on the protein, having healthy fats in the day um, and some whole grains as your carbohydrates. So whether that's like rice, potatoes, quinoa, that sort of thing. Now, another study has come out that has demonstrated a link between adherence to a Mediterranean diet and a better cardiovascular disease outcomes. So in this review, um, it combined 16 studies, and this included 722,495 participants, so it's huge, um, and all conducted between the years of 2003 and 2021. So the results showed that adherence to a Mediterranean diet was associated with lower cardiovascular disease incidence, total mortality, and coronary heart disease. And that sticking closely to the Mediterranean diet was also associated with a 24% risk lower risk of cardiovascular disease and a 23% lower risk of death from any causes in women. So going on to mental health in the Mediterranean diet, because that is really important as well. I think everyone struggles with mental health at some point in their life, but it does have a positive impact on mental health, including the risk of depression. So studies have found that individuals who followed the Mediterranean diet tend to have a lower risk of depression compared to those who follow a diet that is high in processed and refined foods. This is actually something I talk about in my nutrition seminars to corporates. So obviously in corporate, they're their wellness programs highly focus on mental health. So by talking about the um, health benefits of eating well um, for your mental health as well is really important. So that's something I always talk about is the Mediterranean diet. But yes, so an explanation for why the Mediterranean diet is helpful with depression is It is high in nutrients such as omega-3 fatty acids, B vitamins, and antioxidants, which have all been linked to improved mental health. In addition, it's associated with lower risk of chronic inflammation, which has been linked with an increased risk of depression. And the anti-inflammatory effects of the Mediterranean diet may therefore help to protect against depression. As you can see and hear, I should say, the Mediterranean diet is so helpful with achieving a healthy life and also limiting your risk of developing any illnesses and diseases. Now, if you have been my client and you're listening to this, you are most likely following the Mediterranean diet. So don't stress on that end. What you just want to be looking for, if you're like, can I make sure I'm following the Mediterranean diet? Because it is, it's just yeah, the best, most well-researched. It is what I recommend because of this. So we want to make sure we've got large volume of plants in our diet. We want to make sure we've got some, some fatty fish, some chicken in our diet and small amounts of red meat. So what I recommend to my clients, you depend, 
it dependent on the client, but usually it's no more to absolutely max three times a week for red meat. If there is some sort of iron deficiency that is quite severe, then I would increase a little bit more um, red meat in the diet. But yeah, so that's what you do. You'd limit your, your alcohol consumption and drink more water, have, be more active, use herbs and spices. So as you can see and hear, this is just the basics of a healthy diet, right? So it's nothing too extreme. It is just, yeah, just living a healthy lifestyle, having a balanced plate. That is the Mediterranean diet. Hey, this is a super quick interruption to tell you about my new program, The NBS Method. After working one-on-one -on -one with over 400 people on their weight loss journey, I have developed my own unique formula and method to help clients get from restriction, binge and emotional eating, self-sabotaging behavior, and having no idea what actually works for weight loss to feeling in control, confident, knowing how to deal with their triggers, becoming a more mindful eater, knowing how to eat for fat loss, and finally seeing the weight loss results that they're after. This five-month nutrition coaching program will show you how to lose weight in a sustainable way, stop overeating, reduce binge and emotional eating, and finally feeling in control over your eating rather than food having control over you. Within the first few weeks, you'll start to feel lighter, healthier, more confident, and energized. You'll be in control over how much you're eating, you'll understand your triggers for emotional and binge eating, and you know you've learned the necessary steps to maintain your new healthy lifestyle. I'm so confident that you will gain so much value out of this program. And by the end of the five months, you will know exactly what you need to do moving forward to continue to see the results you're after or maintain your weight loss results. If this is exactly what you need right now, head to the link in the show notes to book your no obligation phone call to see if it's the right fit for you. Okay, let's get back into the episode. Alrighty, so going on to the next part of this episode, and it really is on whether achieving your goals is actually worth it to you. So I find sometimes people say, oh, I should lose weight. Oh, yeah, I know I need to lose weight or but they don't actually want to. Right. They don't actually want to do it. They just think that they should want to do it. So you need to actually decide whether you actually want to lose weight or achieve your particular goal. Or do you feel just feel like you have to do it because you should or because you feel like people are judging you and they feel like you should lose weight or do whatever you, you think you need to do. You need to decide whether you actually want to lose weight or whether you would rather just stay where you're at. And if you're comfortable where you're at, then that is totally okay. There is nothing wrong with just staying as you are. Now, I have worked with clients where I think I could tell that sometimes they think that they should lose weight, but they don't really want to put in the effort or the work to it. They, they just think they should do it. So they hire help to make it feel like they're doing something, but they don't actually want to put in the effort to change. And that may sound harsh or from my perspective, but I don't think it's harsh at all. It's just honest how it is for, for some clients. And that is like completely okay, but it is important for somebody to realize if they actually do want to do something or not, because yeah, I find some people just feel like they have to and they don't really need to. So how to decide, is it actually something you want and is it worth it? So if you're, how you're feeling about yourself or how you are at the moment is causing any health implications, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, high, uh, di high, what's it called? high blood pressure, any health issues are coming up because of your lifestyle choices, 
That is really important because this is going to like affect your longevity of your life and the quality of your life too. Is where you're at at the moment affecting your mental health? If it is severely or even just slightly affecting your mental health where you know, you struggle to get up in the day, you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror, you feel terrible about yourself, you're not living the life to your fullest potential because you are so deep in poor mental health because of how you look, that is something you need to address and that is something that maybe um, improving your health and your lifestyle will, will improve your mental health too. If it's because you have kids and you want to show your kids how to live a healthy lifestyle, that is a pretty damn good reason to want to improve your lifestyle. But if you don't have any of these reasons or you just don't want to, you don't have to do it. Or you don't have to feel like you should do it. Okay. Now there's also the aspect of if you don't really need to change for any reason apart from just being leader or leaner or for aesthetic goals, this is usually not a good enough reason to want to change. So a way I can relate this back to myself is I have two, I suppose, main things I've always wanted to change about myself. Number one is my skin. So I have terrible skin. I have had acne all my life and I finally cleared it. I just have horrible scarring and redness. That's just going to, I don't know if it'll ever go away. It does, it does, it does, it doesn't, whatever. Now I'm just happy my skin is just clear now, but it is a lot of work and I put so much effort into maintaining clear skin now because if I don't, it just gets cooked. Like it gets so bad. So I need to be on it a hundred percent of the time. And literally two, three days of not following my strict routine will make me break out. There probably is some underlying condition that is causing it. I don't know. But at the moment, my skincare routine is keeping it all in check. <laughs> um, and also my, it sounds terrible, but my legs, my thighs, I've always been a little bit insecure about my legs and my thighs. They are not a lot bigger, but they are bigger than my upper body. And my back of my legs are very cellulite very, very cellulite And they've always been a bit of an insecurity for me. Now, when it comes to improving your health, so going back to what I was talking about, my skin severely impacted my mental health, like severely. Like if you've never had bad skin, you cannot even imagine just how, oh my gosh, how much it just like affects you. Literally every single time you talk to someone, all I used to think would be like, are they looking at my skin? Are they looking at my skin? Of course, they're looking at my skin. It's on my face. Oh my God, I have to look down. Let's put a hat on. Um, I used to tr sometimes even try, this was so stupid. It doesn't even make sense now that I think back on it. But sometimes I'll put bright red lipstick on to distract them from my skin. Like that doesn't make sense. It's in the same spot as my skin. Why would I do that? <laughs> I should have worn bright pants. That would distract them from my skin. <laughs> anyway, but... Yeah, so that severely affected my mental health, but my legs never really affected my mental health because it was quite easy to sort of cover up or I always got complimented on having bigger legs and my upper body. So it didn't really affect me that much, but it always, it always, it was always something I wanted to change or was told I needed to change as well. So when I say I was told to change about it, pretty much in my adult life, like when I did my bikini comp as an example, 
when my posing coach was like, you've got to lean these legs out. You've got to lose the weight in your legs. You've got to lean them out. And I'm like, bro, I can't. Like, it's just, I've got a booty. Um, and I just couldn't lean them out. She's like, you've got to do single legged exercises rather than like leg press and things like that. So I started doing more of that. And yes, they leaned out, but compared to my upper body, they were always the same. Or I wanted to do, like, I've always had a goal of having, like doing a chin up and my PT would say to me, well, if you had leaner legs, you'd weigh less. So then you'd be able to do a chin up easier. I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe I should lean up my legs and then I can actually get my goal of doing a chin up. And even like other, like I've worked at gyms before and the guys used to make jokes that I was built like a power lifter because I had big legs. It sounds like I'm talking about like my legs are huge. Um, They're not like I fit into size eight probably or maybe size 10 I don't know jeans so they're not big it's just compared to my upper body they're big and I have short legs so it even makes a bigger it it looks bigger than what it is but they're not big they're not I sound ridiculous I'm I'm not big it's just in comparison to the upper body it stands out okay like if I was to I could easily make an ebook saying how to build a booty and put all this shit in it and sell it and make money off it and just put photos of my legs and my butt in there because it's big and that's what people want. And yep. So that's another side story. If you, before you buy shit from people, make sure they've actually like achieved the goal that you want to achieve. Right. So, um, I've bought so many of those like bikini body guides and whatnot, but they already had a bikini body (laughs) in the first place. So it's not like they're like so inspirational to be able to achieve it sort of thing. Um, And I bought like all these like cellulite reducing things, but these people didn't even have cellulite in the first place, right? Why did I buy it? So yeah, I think if you're going to buy shit like that, make sure that, yeah, the person has actually achieved it. But anyway, that's my point. I could easily sell a book and make money off it when I don't really put much effort into building muscle in my legs and my glutes. Yeah, so my point is that pretty much all my life and even in my teens, I've always like complained about my legs and I've always been told I need leaner legs or my legs are too big for my upper body and whatnot. So it's always something I felt like I had to change, but I didn't really care enough to change it and to want to change it. The only time I've actually worked on changing it was for a bikini comp to try and win. So that was the only time. But other than that, it's just never been a priority. I've attempted to try to do things to lean them out, but I didn't care enough to actually do it and follow through. So this is similar with you. If you feel like, you know, you want to achieve your goals, but you also just don't care enough to actually do it. Stop putting that pressure on yourself to do it in the first place. Whereas with my skin, it was something that severely affected me that I put so, so much money, so much money. Oh my God. I can't even explain it. So much of my mum's money as well into mum and dad's money, I should say into fixing like the amount of appointments and skin gurus and things we went to. And then when I was an adult, the things I paid for myself, like the amount of money I put into it was wild, but it was because I just did not want to stop finding something that worked for me. And eventually I did. And now I have clearish skin I don't have acne anymore I've got acne prone skin but I don't have acne anymore so yeah it's just dealing with the scars now but yeah that was something that was worth it to me and I was fighting to try and fix it I remember saying this when I was like 16 I refuse to be 21 and dealing with my skin 
I went on the contraceptive pill then and that obviously cleared it up but that was definitely just like a band-aid fix then when I off I went off the contraceptive pill my skin just went absolutely haywire I'm like I need to fix this naturally I refuse to go back on the pill and I did I eventually did it so I went my entire teens from literally year six grade six to about 27 28 with horrible skin anyway so that was worth it to me another thing you need to consider is whether the the sacrifices you need to make on your health journey are worth it for your goals. So the reason I say this is sometimes I will get clients that are of a healthy weight and a health for their height, uh, active, they eat well, but they still want to be leaner. And when they already are coming from a place where they are already healthy weight and they're already eating well, but they, they want to be leaner, they need to know that you need to make a sacrifice somewhere. What is that sacrifice going to be? Is it going to be going out for dinners on the weekends, having those glasses of wine? What is your sacrifice you're going, you want to make? Because a lot of the time, these sacrifices are just not worth being a couple of kilos lighter. So for me, if I was to want to lose weight, there would be things I would have to cut out because I already have a healthy diet. There's not too much I need to cut out if I was to lean up. And if I did and I lost a kilo or two, it's not going to be noticeable and it's just not worth it to me. So if this is you listening, think about, okay, what are the, what are the cuts you need to make in your, in your lifestyle? And is that worth it? Do you have to cut alcohol on the weekends, going out for as many meals as you want? Is that worth it for those two kilos also lighter? Because remember, if we're going to lose it, we need to sustain it. So we need to be, everything we change needs to be sustainable long-term. So if cutting out alcohol or cutting out, going out for dinners or whatever it is, is not sustainable for you. You just need to accept the fact that this is your healthy weight and your healthy body for where, for your height, for your body, for your lifestyle. And that is just something you need to live with and be okay with and work on that. So work on being okay with where you're at at the moment. So quite honestly, when I work with people of a healthy weight, which is what I'm talking about, like they're already at their healthy weight, it can be hard to know exactly where the client is come, has come from or what their reasons are for it. Now, an example I'm using is once I had a client that was my height exactly and my weight exactly. And the way she was talking about herself, she was like, I cannot believe I've gotten to this weight. I look disgusting in the mirror. I cannot believe it. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, like I was not comparing myself to her at all, like by no means. But by what she was talking about herself and what was her reality, it was so clear that there was some body image issues that needed to be addressed. And even with saying that, it can be really hard to to know if um, if there are some real issues there or not. So the reason why I'm saying this is because if I compare myself to my sister, uh, my sister would probably be five kilos lighter than me. And when she, she did get to a point where she was my weight and it did look like she was holding onto extra weight that she, that wasn't normal for her. And she ended up losing it and dropping that five kilos. And so it can be hard to know whether that is like that for this client as well, unless you directly ask. 
Another good way to tell is if you are losing weight but you don't feel restricted or you can't live your life to the fullest potential or you know enjoy social life because you're on this weight loss journey then that's probably okay if you're feeling not feeling restricted by that as well and you are still um, able to yeah lose weight and still be able to maintain some sort of balance in your lifestyle as well. But yeah, so that would be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, please let me know. Um, I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. It is 6.40 on Monday night and I am hangry. So I'm going to go have some dinner and I shall chat to you next week. Bye-bye.